بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء المرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته سورة الإسراء وسورة الكهف سورة الإسراء is also known as سورة بني إسرائيل Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, one of the scholars of the companions, one of the scholars of the Qur'an said, Surah Bani Israel, Surah Al-Kahf, Surah Maryam, Surah Taha, and Surah Al-Anbiya, they were among the first chapters to be revealed, and they are my treasures. This set of surahs are from the earliest complete chapters to be revealed, and therefore contain the founding principles of Islam. The surah opens with the description of Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj, the miraculous night journey and ascension through the heavens, which is one of the most remarkable incidents in the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, where the Prophet ﷺ was taken in body from Mecca to Jerusalem, where he led the prophets in prayer, and then he ascended through the heavens to be in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins the surah by saying, Subhanallahi asra bi abdihi laylam min al masjid al harami ila al masjid al aqsa alladhi barakna hawlahu linuriyahu min ayatina. Exalted is he who took his servant by night from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa in Jerusalem, whose surroundings we have blessed to show him our signs. Indeed, he is the hearing, the seeing. This really is a, one of the most significant incidents in the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, where the Prophet ﷺ was taken in body from his home in Mecca to Masjid al-Aqsa in Jerusalem, where he led the most remarkable congregation ever assembled. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought all the prophets back to life to pray behind the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Allahu Akbar. This tells us so much. This tells us that the message of all the prophets is essentially one. The call to la ilaha illallah. There is none worthy of worship except Allah. Allah himself said in the Quran, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا and we send to every nation a prophet inspiring them to say worship Allah alone and avoid false deities. We learn that the Prophet Muhammad is the leader, the, um, the Imam of the Anbiya al-Mursaleen. He is the leader of all the prophets and messengers. We learn all the prophets prayed in the form that we pray with bowing and prostration and recitation. Also, the Prophet ﷺ was taken on an ascension through the heavens, where he went through the various levels of the heavens, where he saw scenes from the Day of Judgment, the parading of nations with their prophets, where he saw scenes from hellfire and people being punished for certain sins, where he saw scenes from paradise. And he was eventually taken to the farthest low tree, and then he ventured alone to be in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah were revealed and the command for the five daily prayers. In these most special of moments when the Prophet ﷺ was closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described him with the greatest title he has given him, Abdihi, his servant. The highest status we can ever reach is to be servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to be his abd. The journey is also significant from the perspective that the Prophet ﷺ is now claiming both holy sanctuaries for Islam. Not only the sacred mosque in Mecca, but also Masjid al-Aqsa in Jerusalem will now come under the banner of Islam. And with the Prophet's migration to Medina later on in the seerah, all three holy sanctuaries come under the banner of Islam and under the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. 
The spiritual leadership of mankind, which previously had been entrusted to Bani Israel, would now be entrusted to the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslim Ummah. The verse speaks about the vicinity of Masjid Al-Aqsa being blessed. Barakna hawlahu. We have blessed its surroundings. This region known as Asham includes Palestine, of course, Lebanon, Jordan and Syria. And truly, it is a blessed region. Even if you look at the soil itself, it's so rich, a dark maroon color where anything grows. So many of our great scholars of Islamic history have come from this region. Imam al-Nawi, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn al-Qayyim's list of scholars who have come from this region and served the Ummah. The Prophet ﷺ said, O Tuba, which means a tree in paradise or glad tidings for Asham. O Tuba for Asham. O Tuba for Asham. The companions responded, O Messenger of Allah, how did they get this? He replied, The angels of Allah have rested their wings upon Asham. There is interesting synergy between the surah before Surah Nahl and this surah, Surah Al Isra. In verse 69, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes honey. يَخْرُجُ مِن بُطُونِهَا شَرَابٌ مُخْتَلِفًا أَلْوَانُهُ فِيهِ شِفَاءٌ لِلنَّاسِ There emerges from their bellies, meaning the bees, a drink varying in colors in which there is healing for people. Allah describes honey as shifa'ul linnas, healing for people, a physical healing for their bodies. Then in Surah Al-Isra, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the Qur'an, وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءُ and we have sent down of the Qur'an that which is a healing and a mercy for the believers, but it does not increase the wrongdoers except in loss. Just as honey is a healing for the body, the Qur'an is a healing for the hearts and the souls. In the end of Surah Al-Isra, verse 111, there is a remarkable verse which has perfect synergy with the next five surahs to come. وَقُلِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الَّذِي لَمْ يَتَّخِذْ وَلَدًا وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ شَرِيكٌ فِي الْمُلْكِ وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ وَلِيٌّ مِّنَ الذُّلْ وَكَبِّرْهُ تَكْبِيرًا And say, Praise be to Allah who has not taken a son and has no partner in his dominion and has no need for a protector out of weakness and glorify him with great glorification. Each part of this verse is a reference to one of the next surahs which is to come in order. What remarkable synergy. The surah, uh, the verse begin, begins, وَقُلِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ And say, praise be to Allah. That is of course a reference to the very next surah, surah Al-Kahf, which begins, أَلْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الَّذِي أَنزَلَ عَلَىٰ عَبْدِهِ الْكِتَابِ The next part of the verse, أَلَّذِي لَمْ يَتَّخِذْ وَلَدًا The one who has not taken a son, is of course a reference to surah Maryam which is a declaration that Isa alayhi salam is not the son of Allah, but the son of Mary. وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ شَرِيكٌ فِي الْمُلْكِ And he has no partner in his dominion. This is a reference to Surah Taha, whose main story is the conflict between Musa and Fir'aun, who claimed he had power over the dominion. He had power over life and death. But it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who declares, وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ شَرِيكٌ فِي الْمُلْكِ He has no partner in his dominion. وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ وَلِيٌّ مِّنَ الذُّلِّ And he has no need for awliya out of weakness. The awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of course are his prophets. And the prophets 
is the name of the title of the following surah, Surah Al-Anbiya, the 21st chapter is called Surah Al-Anbiya, the Prophets. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares in this verse, He has no need for his awliya due to weakness. وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ وَلِيٌّ مِّنَ ذُلْ And then finally, وَكَبِّرْهُ تَكْبِيرًا and glorify him with a great glorification. That is, of course, a reference to Surah Al-Hajj, the last in the five set here. Surah Al-Hajj, one of its main defining uh, actions is to make takbir. وَكَبِّرْهُ تَكْبِيرًا Surah Al-Kahf The Prophet ﷺ The Prophet ﷺ said in an authentic hadith, a man recited Surah Al-Kahf and there was an animal in the house or this is narrated by the companions and part of this narration includes the statement of the Prophet ﷺ. A man recited Surah Al-Kahf and there was an animal in the house which began acting in a nervous manner. He looked and saw a fog or cloud overhead. He mentioned this to the Prophet ﷺ and the Prophet ﷺ said, keep on reciting so-and-so, for this is the tranquility which descends when one reads Qur'an or because of reading the Qur'an. The companion was Uzair ibn al-Hudayr and the surah he was reciting was Surah al-Kahf. The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever memorizes 10 ayat from the beginning of Surah al-Kahf will be protected from the Dajjal. The Prophet ﷺ also said, whoever recites Surah al-Kahf on Friday, it will illuminate him with light from one Friday to the next. It should be a weekly sitting that we have as an unbreakable habit that from the Maghrib of Thursday to the Maghrib of Friday, we spend 20 to 30 minutes to sit down and recite Surah Al-Kahf without fail. And as week by week we recite Surah Al-Kahf and become familiar with its verses, we should move on to the next step, which is to memorize this great Surah of the Qur'an. The surah begins and ends with a description of the Qur'an. It's interesting that the Prophet ﷺ described it as a protection from the Dajjal because the Dajjal is not mentioned in Surah Al-Kahf and is not mentioned anywhere in the Qur'an. But what we do have are four main stories of Surah Al-Kahf which illustrate the trials that the Dajjal will use. The central theme of this surah is how to deal with these trials. How to deal with the trials of life. The first story is the story of Ashab al-Kahf, the young men of the, of the cave, and that is the trial of religion. The second main story is the story of the men of the two gardens, and that is the trial of wealth. The third main story is the story of Musa and Khidr, and that is the trial of knowledge. And the fourth story is the story of the Al-Qarnayn, the great king of the uh, East and West, and that is the trial of power. So let us take uh, a look at some of, uh, at some aspects of these four main stories. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said towards the beginning of the surah, "إذ أول فتية إلى الكهف فقالوا ربنا آتنا من لدنك رحمة وهيئ لنا من أمرنا رشدا." Mentioned when the youths retreated to the cave and said, Our Lord, grant us from yourself mercy and prepare for us from our fair right guidance. The story behind this is that there was a time with a tyrannical king uh, and a pagan ruler. And they had an annual celebration where they would uh, perform slaughtering for the sake of other than Allah and many idolatrous practices. 
and a group of young men from the ruling elite of society started to withdraw from this festival, feeling disgust at what their people were doing. But they were very suspicious of letting anybody know their true feelings. So one by one, they each went uh, outside the festival to a tree to rest under shade. And they saw each other one by one. And subhanAllah, none of them would reveal to the other the true nature of why they had withdrawn to this place. But through conversation, eventually the truth came out. That each one of them were there to avoid the idolatry of their people. And eventually they make a decision once they are found out to go and seek refuge in a cave, seeking protection of their religion. A cave is significant in the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, of course, because the revelation started in a cave. And when the Prophet ﷺ made hijrah, he hid in a cave. What's interesting is that the Prophet ﷺ said, souls are like recruited soldiers. Those that recognize one another will come together. And those that do not recognize one another will turn away from each other. These young men, by chance, seem to come together, each one of them hating the idolatry of their people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created souls with a nature and what you will notice is that souls of the same nature will coalesce together. They will seek each other out in a crowd. They will automatically move together and be attracted to each other because of the good or the evil that they share. The second main story is where a man boasts to another man. Each one of them has a garden, but one of them believes his garden is greater and his entourage is larger. And he boasts to his friend, but his friend admonishes him and warns him that maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will destroy your wealth due to your pride and your denial of the day of judgment. وَأُحِيطَ بِثَمَرِهِ فَأَصْبَهَ يُقَلِّبُ كَفَّيْهِ عَلَى مَا أَنْفَقَ فِيهَا وَهِيَ خَاوِيَةٌ عَلَىٰ أُرُوشِهَا and his fruits were encompassed by ruin, so he began to turn his hands about in dismay over what he had spent on it, while it had collapsed upon its trellises, and he said, Oh, wish I had not associated any with my Lord. There the authority is completely for Allah, the truth. He is best in reward and is best in outcome. The story of Musa and Khidr is where Musa salam one day was giving the khutbah and somebody questioned him, is he the most knowledgeable in the world? And Musa said yes without attributing it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So to teach Musa that truly it is knowledge all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is the source. Musa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired Musa to seek out a servant, Khidr, who had been given knowledge which Musa did not have. Khidr was also a prophet according to the strongest view. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes this story فَوَجَدَا عَبْدًا مِّنْ عِبَادِنَا آتَيْنَاهُ رَحْمَةً مِّنْ عِنْدِنَا وَعَلَّمْنَاهُ مِنْ لَدُنَّا عِلْمًا And they found a servant from among our servants to whom we had given mercy from us and had taught him from us a certain knowledge قَالَ لَهُ مُوسَى هَلْ أَتَّبِعُكَ عَلَىٰ أَن تُعَلِّمَنِي مِمَّا عُلِّمْتَ رُشْتَ Musa said to him, may I follow you on the condition that you teach me from what you have been taught of sound judgment. Subhanallah, Musa is clearly of greater status than Khidr. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching him humility. He asks in the most polite, respectful way, may I follow you. Reminding us that it is truly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the source of all knowledge and status and ability and power. The final story of Dhul Qarnayn, a great 
leader and king of ancient times who controlled the east and the west. Indeed, we established him upon the earth and we gave him to everything away. He said, as for the one who wrongs, we will punish him. Then he will be returned to his Lord and he will be punished with a terrible punishment. But then the Al-Qarnayn mentions those who do good, that he will speak to them kind words, which shows how he used his power in a just and fair way. There's a very interesting backdrop to Surah Al-Kahf and Surah Al-Isra where the Quraysh, fearing the increasing uh, popularity and strength of the Prophet ﷺ, went to the Jews of Medina to seek advice. How can they stump him? How can they ask him questions which he won't be able to answer? And the Jews of Medina told him three questions to ask the Prophet ﷺ, which will verify once and for all whether he is a prophet or not. And the three questions were, Ask him about the young men of long ago who had left their people and had wondrous experience. This is, of course, a reference to the young men of the cave. The second question was about a traveler who had journeyed to the ends of the earth in the east and the west. That is, of course, a reference to Dhul Qarnayn. And the third question was actually a trick question. Uh, ask him about the soul and what it is. The Quraysh hurriedly went back to the Prophet ﷺ and asked him the three questions. And as it was Jibreel's habit to come the next day for revelation on the Thursday, the Prophet ﷺ said, come back tomorrow and I will have the answer. And he forgot to say, insha'Allah. And so the verse was revealed in Surah Al-Kahf, وَلَا تَقُولَنَّ لِشَيْءٍ إِنِّي فَاعِلٌ ذَلِكَ غَدَىٰ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ And don't say about anything that I will do such and such tomorrow, except with the saying, insha'Allah. Jibreel did not appear for 15 days and every day the pagans would come to the Prophet ﷺ mocking him that he did not have the answer. But finally after 15 days Jibreel came and this was a strong lesson to the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslim Ummah always to say inshallah regarding what you are going to do in the future. As for the question about the soul, then the answer for that came in Surah Al-Isra verse 85. And they ask you concerning the soul, say the soul is from the command of my Lord and mankind have not been given of knowledge about it except a little. It was a trick question. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows about the true nature of the soul. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to recite Surah Al-Kahf every Friday without fail. Inshallah. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.